I poured a bunch of money into the tech platform with the development firm we've worked with. How much and was also, that? To the dev company, probably five, 600K. Oh, wow. Okay, that's a lot. You are listening to Conversations with Nathan Latka. Now, if you're hearing this, it means you're not currently on our subscriber feed. To subscribe, go to getlatka.com. When you subscribe, you won't hear ads like this one. You'll get the full interviews. Right now, you're only hearing partial interviews. And you'll get interviews three weeks earlier from founders, thinkers, and people I find interesting. Like Eric Wan, 18 months before he took Zoom public. We got to grow faster. Minimum is 100% over the past several years. Or bootstrap founders like Vivek of Question Pro. When I started the company, it was not cool to raise. Or Looker CEO Frank Bean before Google acquired his company for $2.6 billion. We want to see a real pervasive data culture, and then the rest flows behind that. If you'd like to subscribe, go to gitlatka.com. There, you'll find a private RSS feed that you can add to your favorite podcast listening tool, along with other subscriber-only content. Now look, I never want money to be the reason you can't listen to episodes. On the checkout page, you'll see an option to request free access. I grant 100% of those requests, no questions asked. Hello, everyone. My guest today is Josh Malang. He's a senior market insurance distribution leader, top 0.01% producer for captive carrier, and then developed a successful team before starting a retail agency in 2008. He built that agency over 12 years and later sold it for $1.5 million, now building producerdashboard.com. Josh, you ready to chase the top? Yeah, man, no doubt. All right. What's the company? And is it Pure Play SaaS? It's not really. We're, uh, you know, I was trying to figure out how, to, how best to describe it. Um, you know, we're a B2B really product service and consulting firm. So uh, we work with people who are independent senior market distribution in the insurance space across the country um, and really try to identify the missing structures they have to level up their business. And oftentimes it's their tech, um, but we also have several other products and services that really kind of enhance their business and help them really kind of grow. Mm-hmm. And so what are some of those services? Is there anything that's close to a recurring fee? Um, it's only all of it. Okay. <laughs> I'm a big, big, uh, big fan of recurring revenue. Having sold, um, as you mentioned, my my practice, and uh, you know, about thir- a third of our revenue is recurring in our in our retail practice. Um, but actually, with this, uh, so we have our tech, and we actually do white label customer service for people. So we're able to um, proactively and reactively manage their existing blocks of business um, using their branding. So people actually pay us to. And who are these people? Get, be specific. Medicare. Yeah, sure. Uh, these are uh, insurance agencies, insurance producers that work in the kind of retiree market across the country. Um, and so they they pay us to proactively service their clients. So we take care of retention, upselling, cross-selling. Uh, we charge them a flat fee to do that. And then we also do a rev share with them on any additional upsell and cross-sell. So uh, we've got recurring revenue in that space. Uh, we also have tied in a, uh, we found that a lot of these individuals are, are really solopreneurs. They work out of their house. They don't have any infrastructure or staff. And, and that's why the service play is in there. Um, but also none of them really have any branding. And so we, we built out this kind of brand in a box thing where um, we charge people to really create a brand, um, create kind of a one-page website, help them with some point of sale materials and things like that to educate their clients on. Um, and then one of the other things we've done that kind of spawned from that is also, um, really kind of a, a, an SEO play. I partnered with a firm out of Utah, a Lyft Local, that, uh, that does a really good job of this, helping these solopreneurs really create 
uh, incoming traffic in their local markets and establish themselves in terms of their uh, their prominence and relevance on like the Google Google Map searches and things like that. So that's Josh, with, all, with all these products. If you add up total revenue from last month, where'd you come in at? Um, last month, we actually just we signed on our first uh, channel partner last month. Um, so so we actually generate about about one hundred twenty thousand revenue in our first month with the channel partner. Uh, uh, well, sorry. Why is the channel partner relevant to your total revenue? Is that your only the, revenue? Yeah, no. So the channel partner is relevant because for about nine months, we're really marketing out of our database, selling uh, this technology, kind of talking to people about a new CRM that might be a value for them. Uh, then we added on the service model, kind of the same story. Um, I found that uh, if we could engage with a channel partner, somebody who was a wholesaler that had a lot of these people as downline downstream entities that had these agencies and producers sort of in their, in their uh, hierarchy, if you will, um, we built out a rev share with them so that we could do a co-branded marketing campaign to them, uh, to their downline, because their downline really needs a lot of these structures, products, services, that kind of thing. So um, once we started doing that, we got access to our first one that had uh, 15,000 downline producers, and we started doing webinars every couple of weeks and generating a ton of traffic. So uh, we put 120,000 worth of revenue on the books uh, just in the first month of doing that. So that we're, we're super okay, excited. But ignore, about that. That, ignore that one channel partner. You as a business selling all these products you just described over the first three minutes of this show. How yep. much revenue did you do last month? 120,000. Okay. So, so that's not just from the channel partner. That's from all your lines of business. Yeah. It's really because of that. So prior to that, we had about five grand a month in recurring revenue from about 50, you know, customers that we had on the tech platform over the last several months. We kind of add one at a time. Um, and then we also did the same thing on the service side. So we brought on about a half a dozen service customers. Uh, we're managing about 15,000 clients. Um, but then we opened up this kind of the floodgate, if you will, and, and made a ton of, made a ton of new revenue. Now you're now you say made a ton of lot of new revenue, but you said the channel partner relationship is one where it's a rev share. So if you are just processing 120 grand in revenue, that's not actually potentially your revenue, or is it? Yeah, so we we will carve off about 30% of that. Okay, got it. So you've got about thirty-five thousand dollars in revenue from from that channel partnership, right? Thirty percent no, we'll, of we'll carve off thirty-five thousand revenue to them. Okay, got it. So you're so how much revenue are you keeping from processing 120 grand of revenue? Like 90, 85, 90. Okay, got it. So you've got 85 or $90,000 in terms of gross revenue hitting your books from this one channel partner. And why are they willing to give you such a big cut? Why don't they build this themselves and do it? You know, I, <laughs> no one has, you know, so a lot of these issues, um, these wholesale firms really have a, a, a different perspective because I was a, you know, a producer guy, an agency builder guy. And so I'm effectively one of the customers that they have those 15,000 customers. And so, um, they're really good at the relationships with the companies that we do business with, the insurance carriers and things like that. Um, but they don't really dig in and, and get into the retail side in terms of really client facing and that sort of thing. So um, they're just missing some things that that really uh, have kind of always hindered them from really being that complete resource for, for the producers and, and agencies they've got. And so now really between like the vision that people have for their individual businesses, having this great wholesaling relationship they have and kind of plugging us in, we've really got this kind of three-legged stool situation where um, we provide a lot of the missing things that this, these wholesale firms really have never had. I'm missing something though, because if I'm a wholesale firm and I've identified a, a line of business that could do 80 grand a month in revenue or about a million dollar run rate, I'm not going to go just give that to some, to some guy. I'm going to go hire engineers and build it internally. That's meaningful business. So what do you have that is unique that makes these firms want to work with you versus just build it? 
really is. It really is, Nathan. It's that it's that retail agency building producer experience. So they have not been in clients' houses educating them on their in- insurance and their you know uh, retirement income planning stuff. They really exclusively are in the wholesale space, representing carriers and and getting people set up with their businesses. So they just don't have the experience that I have. And so got it. Th- that's really what it comes down to. So I can really provide value for their downline, you know, agencies and producers by really being. Um, providing the support and kind of resources and structure for them to help them grow their business in the form of this, you know, the uh, product services and consultation. As a business in all in 2020, how much revenue did you do? Uh, 2020, we did about 800K. Okay. And so where was that coming from? Uh, because you said that you just bumped up to this $120,000 a month. Yeah. yeah. That was five grand a month. Um, Great question. So about 5% of that was from our revenues from our tech and service model as we're kind of building it out. Um, The rest of it was from the recurring revenues we had from our original retail agency business. And then I've kind of piece by piece sold off, you know, those those business lines, we had a property and casualty division, uh, we had a Medicare supplement division, we had a uh, fee based planning and uh, securities division, kind of sold all those off. So that's really, uh, probably I would say 50% of the revenue was recurring revenue from our existing business. 5% was from, um, you know, the new stuff uh, that we're, that we're building out in, in ProDash and the rest of it was from selling off pieces of the business. So really to kind of fund this thing, um, we've been uh, investing a ton in, in infrastructure staff and also in, into that tech platform through our mm-hmm. vendor. So, so how much recurring revenue, just your recurring revenue, how much recurring revenue were you doing about a year ago? Um, a year ago, right around, Right around before I started selling everything off, we're at about four hundred fifty k off our original business in in ARR. Exactly. Correct. Okay, got it. So so you're looking at like thirty thirty five thousand dollars a month in revenue. It now, might be closer to like forty, and it was all off of insurance, recurring revenue from insurance products, mainly health, uh, also some fee based investments. We managed a couple four hundred one k platforms, um, but it was really more. It was all retail. Um, why sell that? Why sell that off? I mean, or maybe I mean the real question is everything has a price. So what did you sell it for? all in is about a million and a half bucks. Okay. So what is that? Three, four X multiple that feels good to you? Yeah. And, and it was really, it was because, you know, I realized that we, we had what people didn't in terms of the infrastructure and the technology and the scale to actually set ourselves apart as a business, a business firm. Um, And so once I realized that I was like, man, we got to get after this. And I kind of lost my steam in the retail side anyway, in terms of, you know, training and developing new people, and that, you know, as my business, I did that for a dozen years. I just kind of lost the heart for it. Mm-hmm. Um, and so did I was looking for something different. Did five million go to you or did you have co-founders? No, no, that was me. It was just, it was an insurance agency, man. Like a typical, you know, um, we did a bunch of life, bunch of health and, uh, and investments. So all that stuff. revenue went to your pocket. <laughs> and then promptly into other people's pockets. But, but yeah. So why into other people's pockets? Well, our development firm, um, I poured a bunch of money into the tech platform with the development firm we've worked with. How much and was also- that? To the dev company, probably five six hundred k. Oh wow! Okay, that's a lot. Yeah, and well, then why um, so much. What's that? Why, what? Why was it so much? Um, I don't know. You have to call them. <laughs> I mean, what did they build? We, um, we just we built this platform to really be an aggregator for information in the senior market in terms of uh, client information, account information. Uh, we have a direct feed for for quoting. Uh, so there really wasn't a, uh, a platform, kind of a unified deal out there that really tied in all those different factors. So as we got into it, we just started adding and adding and adding all these different features and benefits. And uh, we have a pretty robust platform now. So mm-hmm. the rest okay. of it was staff. I mean, staff and really in building. So how many customers are you serving today? So we have we have a couple things. So beat on the B2B side, we have customers. On the B2C side, we have clients. So a lot of the clients that we have are 
clients of our customers that pay us to service them. So we're managing about 15,000 clients on behalf of our customers now. And total customers between the tech and the service and everything else, I think we have um, probably 30. Okay, got it. So 30 customers. And how are you supporting them? Tell me about your team. How many on the team? Yeah, so right now we have 10 people on the team. I'm an assistant. Uh, We have three people on our B2B sales team, and their job is really to um, work with the channel partners that we have to create these you know, webinars and funnels to get really qualified prospects, you know, on these calls with me. Uh, and then we have a, a support team and their job is to basically onboard all of our tech and service and branding and all those customers that we bring in. Uh, and then we have a B2C team, which is the one that does the uh, the marketing uh, proactive service model for the retention, upselling, cross selling. How many engineers? Clients. We have We have zero internal staff on the tech side. Okay, got it. So all outsourced. And then how many of the sales reps carry a quota? Uh, zero. Okay, I mean, no we, yeah, this is all, we're really putting our data together right now. Um, like I said, this is about a month old and we're, we're, we're getting all of our metrics in terms of the, you know, people we have to get on a webinar, how many show we have kind of all those numbers, but I haven't really translated them into a, uh, you know, a static number because I have no idea what it even should be. I'm how, not much just, your, how much of your own capital have you put into this business so far? Oh my God. I mean, I mean, if we look at, total capital. I mean, it's really kind of a transition business, Nathan, from, uh, you know, this retail business that we've sort of transitioned into this B2B firm. I mean, several million bucks. I mean, since for the last decade. Mm -hmm. Uh, And you're the sole founder. Do you own hundred percent? Yeah. And I mean, so are you burning capital today? Are you profitable? Oh no, we're burning, we're burning capital. How much, <laughs> so are, you, say, how much are you burning per month? Yeah. I mean, we're taking on, we've taken on a lot of debt in the last uh, probably six months. So how much debt, um, you know, as, as our revenues have gone like this and then I sold off the recurring revenue and, and our spending has gone like this. So, um, I would say probably a hundred grand a month. Net burn or gross? Bottom line. Um, I don't know. What, what's your uh, definition of the two? After all expenses, your bank is decreasing a hundred thousand dollars per month. Yeah. Got it. Okay. And when you say you take on debt, how much debt did you take on? Several hundred thousand, you know, to kind of, to fill in the gap of that. We weren't like sitting on a pile of cash or, or anything like that. Well, so what do you mean? I thought you sold the business for 1.5 million bucks. It's in like a pile of cash to me. Well, and then, like I told you, it went all into development. It went into staff, you know, it wasn't like, you know, and it wasn't like at one time, it was kind of like, we sold this off to kind of cover the development costs we had here. We sold that off to kind of cover the staff and the deficit that we had over there. So it was kind of in and out. Mm-hmm. Um, so it wasn't like a, like an event. It was more of a process. Yep. Got it. And, and what's it costing you to bring on a new customer CAC? Um, we're, we're trying to figure that number out as well right now. Um, you know, we had, we had built it when it was just tech only, um, we got it down to like 10 hours, which is a crazy amount of time uh, from all of our staff to bring on a tech customer. But when we bring on a tech customer, they're already in the bank where we can service their existing customers. So if we get that account kind of tied tied in, that's about 10 times as much revenue for us. So um, we're, we're still thinking it's around 10 hours. Um, we're, we're working with our dev firm. We have uh, what's called a smart upload engine to basically take their data um, and really do more of an automated process of getting it into the system rather than a very automatic manual process we have now. Um, so those are just some development issues that, that are going to cost us some more money to create some efficiency. Josh, we'll see what happens, man. In the meantime, let's wrap up here with the famous five. Number one, what's your favorite business book? Oh my God. You know, um, favorite business book, geez Louise, I would have to go with, um, probably relentless. Number two, there's, is there a CEO you're following or studying? Um, I'm really, 
Not particularly. I like all of them. I mean, I, I look at like a lot of SaaS businesses. I look at a lot of shirts businesses. I look at a lot of just growth stuff. I kind of keep tabs on about everybody. And number three, what's your favorite online tool for building a business? Favorite online tool for building the business? I would say ProDash. <laughs> Besides your own. Um, golly. Um, I'm really into, I'm really learning a lot about go high level right now as a, as a B2B solution for driving a lot of uh, traffic through our funnels. So I'm, and they I'm are, into that right now. Sean and the crew there are growing like crazy. You guys can search on Google. If I'm interview with Sean, number uh, four, how many hours of sleep are you getting every night? Oh my God. Um, depends on the night. Last night, four, uh, night before that, six night before that, 10, okay. uh, it, it really depends, man. What's your situation, Josh? You married single kids? Yeah. Married, uh, married for, uh, since what, 2006, three kids. I got a boy, girl, boy, 12, 12, nine and seven. Wow. And how old are you? Uh, 40, turned 40 in May. Okay. Oh, nice. Very good. And, uh, let's take us home here. What do you wish your 20 year old self knew? I'm sorry. Something you wish you knew when you were 20. Oh my gosh. Um, when I was 20, what did I wish when I was 20? Um, I would say that like, you know, a lot of the things that you go through are, are really all worth it. You know, at the time, and even now, you know, at the time when you go through challenges and things like that, they seem insurmountable, they seem overwhelming, um, but you just keep putting one foot in front of the other and, you know, and they're really all worth it. You know, when you look back, you either, you either won or lost. If you won, you get the prize. If you lost, you got a lesson. So it's, uh, you know, it's all worth it. Guys, producer-forward.com. Watch out. They did about $850,000 in sales last year. He sold off a major part of the business, which was doing $400,000 a year in ARR. He sold that for $1.5 million, used those proceeds to invest in a new tech product, and spent about 500, 600 grand of his own capital on that dev team, building up this new product, now serving 30 customers, doing about $85,000, $90,000 a month in revenue, just onboarding this brand new big channel partnership. Josh, thanks for taking us to the top. You bet, man. Look forward to talking to you soon.